everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. This this Treehouse of Horror is so terrifying, I you know they wet my plants. Wet wet your plants? Yeah, I had to you know take a break and go uh you know water the basil. Basil? Basil. Hi guys, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpson Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, I encourage you to check that out. We have a person to thank, Matthew. All right. Stu. Thanks, Stu. Thank you, Stu. Our episode this week is the first episode of season 13, Matt. We're in season 13, Matt. Yay, finally. Just just five more episodes before we're out of the Scully years. Four, four, this one and four more. That's how I like to look at it. Well, there you go. I've already, I've already done half the work on this. Uh, this week's episode is Treehouse of Horror 12, episode CABF19, originally aired November 6th, 2001. November 6th. That's a week after all. Why are... I, I'm in the camp, firmly. Every Treehouse of Horror episode should be before or on. If it's not on Halloween, it should be prior to Halloween. Well, yeah, but then there was a, it's this period in the early 2000s where they just decided, hey... Uh, we can't start these uh, seasons in September anymore for some reason, and so we have I, to you know, make a, sure Treehouse of Horror is the first one. It's not. It's football, Matt. It's, it's not a mystery why they were doing it. It's football. Is the reason. Start football earlier. Football is not worth anyone's frustration. I mean, it, it does make them a lot of money. Yeah, because people will listen to them and, and watch football games, and they're so boring. <laughs> I football is actually pretty exciting, largely. Uh, mm-hmm. Episode is written by. Joel H. Cohen, John Frink, Don Payne, and Carolyn O'Mine. For that's Cohen on the first one, and John Frink and Payne on the second, and O'Mine at the, on the last one. It was directed by Jim Reardon, and it's original. It's again, it's rating original broadcast. It uh, preliminary was seven point six with an eleven share. It along with that seventy show made Fox the highest rated channel that night among adults rated ages eighteen to forty nine. Which, I mean, it's a Treehouse of Horror episode. Everyone tunes into those. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's also the season premiere. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's kind of easy to understand why. Uh, the, the opening of, it's not really, there's no frame narrative in this one. There is, and there's no spooky couch gag. There is a, and there's not even spooky names, Matt. Oh, really? I didn't even notice that. That's no, horrible. This is, this is, uh, they go on a run, I think, starting with this episode with no spooky names. And depending on who you ask, there's different reasons, but I largely agree, believe them when they say it was too hard to come up with new ones, so they stopped. I can definitely believe that, because this is the 12th time they've done this. Uh, yeah. It's the same people over I, and over again. I mean, so... just, reuse the, just reuse the old nicknames, guys. You don't have to come up with new ones. Um, but there is an opening. It's Burns and Smithers decorating, uh, I guess is supposed to be the Burns Mansion. It's a, just a spooky version of the mansion, I think. I think. Um, but Burns is decorated with Smithers. Uh, sm- they're trying to hang up a little bat thing on a win- on a weather vane or something. Smithers falls, slides down like an electric line or something into a, a gener- like a, a breaker box or something. Gets electrocuted, dies, knocks over a part of the house which falls into like a crypt. A bunch of Burns's dead family members court the uh, caskets fly out of there and end up on the on the porch right when the simpsons are walking up and they get scared and they run away by because they get struck by lightning i think 
the corpses, not the Simpsons. Uh, yes, the corpses get struck by lightning and start to kind of move around. Yeah, they get animated just like in real life. Um, and then the family runs through the bird's gate, gets all sliced into little tiny pieces, and all the little pieces flop, keep running out into the in the forest. Uh, Burns laughs. That's the opening. It's all right, honestly. It's something, you know. It's not. They put forth effort. Yes, and not only do they put forth effort, this is actually kind of funny. This is the kind of thing we would expect from both The Simpsons and Burns. It works. Right. I think that can you can extrapolate that out to this episode as a whole, where it mostly does what you want it to. Mostly. Meaning two-thirds of it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where I that's where I divvy it up. Uh, and luckily, I get to start with the bad one. Um... I should say the episode also guest stars Pierce Brosnan and Matthew Perry, both playing. Which, this, I, this. I feel bad that Matthew Perry's line is literally just him going, could I be any more of a house? That's it. I mean, I think that fully explores the range of Matthew Perry. Ah, uh, that's that's not untrue. Uh, I feel <laughs> like uh, he has a little more that he could uh, do. But, you know. Can you name anything he's in that's not friends, Matt? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Whole Nine Yards. He was actually really good in that. I disagree. Whole Nine Yards is not a good movie. Oh, come on. It's hilarious. I thought so when I was 16. <laughs> I mean, it could be it could be better. I, I've, revisit, be... I've revisited, Matt. It doesn't. All right, so we come to the first segment of Trails of Heart. It is Hex in the City, which, hey, I can boil it down. It's simply, it is a... It, it is... Uh, I'm going to say it right now, Matt. Matt, this is bad. <laughs> this first segment is bad. Oh my god, this 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 one is bad. Holy crap! I it's, just it's not good. Uh, it it has a lot of problems. Uh, where I have a lot of clips from it. I'm not. I do not want that to be communicated. That that means that I am endorsing this segment. I am just. I am just using these as demonstration a lot of times. Um, so we we start with. The Simpsons in Ethnic Town. Ah, Ethnic Town, where hard-working immigrants dream of becoming lazy, overfed Americans. Oh, listen, you can hear the beautiful ethnic serenade. Apples! I got apples! Cholera! I got cholera! <laughs> babies! Once a babies! Wait, this is just a shape puppy. I can see you know babies. All right, Matt. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the point where they start using the word gypsy, which I think was already on the way out then. And now this, I just... I Yeah, okay. So... Okay, this is made. I'm on, uh, first, our, our, our... I think the disclosure we've been doing for the entirety of the Skull years is, hey, this is made 20 years ago. It, you know, we're not in the same place we are culturally then as we are now. However, I do want to make, like, this segment is using, like, a, a tropes that the horror genre has used for a long time. And can, I'm not, I'm not going to even condemn it outright, I think can be used very wisely and intelligently for, a like, in, intelligent satire and exploration of social issues, you know, which is, you know, a, a baseline for a lot of horror is you have fear of fear of the of a white person of a different of the other. Like in this case, it is a a 
gypsy. I don't know what whatever it is, but you know, it is the uh, the other this other culture that is a minority, and their culture is is been trampled on by white people, and then in you know usually in these horror stories the white person does something offensive to the to the person or commits a crime and then they get a curse and like it's thinner stephen king's story thinner is literally this a lawyer you know gets cursed by a by a traveling yeah, it almost feels Ramai. like that was the basis for this did that movie come out around when this was being uh, made no it's mid 90s i want to say thin. that movie was not like oh, okay six, so that yeah. movie's not I don't think that movie is very well known. Uh, the story is even lesser well known, but it's I like really, it. It's, I feel like I mean, I know about that and I didn't even pay attention to movies in most of the 90s. <laughs> it played a lot on HBO at a certain time period. I think that also helped gain a kind of a cult status. I don't think it's a Joe Montana is also in that movie. So that makes sense. But I mean, it's not it's if it's not a, a Romani person then it is a Native American curse or like there's numerous varieties of it and it done intelligently it it is demonstrating that kind of cultural divide and how you know demonstrating imperialism and demonstrating that 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 those dynamics and how usually the person who gets cursed is at fault and they're getting punished for this they are getting punished for white for imperialism you know and it it can be used really well if as long as it's done intelligently and understands those dynamics I, saying that wall up front this thing this segment does not concern itself with any of that it is concerning itself with nonsense because that is all it is filled with and kind of tossed aside racism it doesn't really even consider like it doesn't consider anything it's doing at all it just happens uh yeah yeah it, it's it's all about the jokes not about you know any type of social commentary whatsoever there's no social commentary there's no i hesitate i don't know what a plot the i guess the plot is homer is cursed and he tries to break the curse but none of that gets resolved and it doesn't have really any kind of narrative arc to it and it has no meaning uh it's it's cruelty for cruelty's sake a lot of the time that's mostly what this segment is it is cruelty for cruelty's sake it is the scully ears in writ large so like i said they're going through ethnic town um, they meet a, they go to a fortune teller. I don't know why are they going to a fortune teller. We don't get an answer. We don't even have a reason they're going to a fortune teller. Nope. You could give them a reason, guys. That's I think having characters have motivations is fundamental, even in seven minute long Trail Sahara segments. So they go to a fortune teller. Homer bumbles in late and ends up getting cursed. A fortune teller? Oh no, you don't. This phony gypsy just wants to rip you off. See? This wart is a pig! The hell is it? Ew. Get out! So much for the legendary gypsy hospitality. Ah! Beans! It's a. Wait a minute. This isn't Cedar Sinai. You've ruined me! Oh, why didn't I see this coming? Hey, there's me. And there's you. You stupid, stupid man. I curse you. You will bring bad luck to everyone you love. Whatever. So, Homer gets cursed. Um, which is fine. It's a fine place to start. Yes, to start. <laughs> uh, but, and then we get 
we get basically the curse laid out in front of us where we started at breakfast the next day where Marge has a beard. Uh, Bart is strangled by Homer, but his neck extends really long because Homer's, I don't know if it's because Homer squeezes him or whatever, but now Bart has a really long skinny neck that can't support his head. And then, and Lisa is turning into a centaur. So it's not Homer getting anything done to him. It is the people around him. They get things done to him. Which, when you think about it, for most people, is a really great curse. Because if you curse somebody and bad things happen to them, they're like, oh, this sucks. That's terrible. But if you do it to the people they really care about, uh, you know, obviously, that, that's much worse to most people. Because they think, oh, these people are having you know their lives ruined by you know my horrible actions. Maybe I should apologize. And which I think is the whole point of this, is that this kind of curse would work really well on anyone who's not Homer and just doesn't care about anyone. Because in this episode, we have Jerk Homer to the extreme. Yeah, this segment has... Inc- terrible terrible jerk homer and then it so it doesn't make any it doesn't work like it doesn't like and that's not a joke guys like that's not a way you can end an episode like there doesn't even have it's just like oh homer demonstrates more care about poor lenny and carl than he does his own son and like i think there's like a ruta there where you can like tell something funny about how homer's instructed uh, like by having all the people around him be afflicted and he doesn't he's not affected by any of it like there's a i think there's a story there somewhere i think that's that's kind of like what what homer's enemy is but they don't care about any of that they are just full steam ahead with their dumb ideas so uh homer goes to the bar to try and figure out a way to break his curse Homer, the only way to get rid of a gypsy curse is to get one of those, uh, what do you call them? Leprechauns. Leprechaun? Don't they live in Ireland? Yeah, but they come over here in the wheel wells of Aer Lingus jets. You know, I was hexed by a troll and a leprechaun cured that right up. Hey, you know what's even better is Jesus. He's like six leprechauns. Yeah, but a lot harder to catch. Uh, Go with a leprechaun. Guys, I am not cursed. Carl, let me die first. I couldn't bear to watch you die. Well, okay, but hurry up. Oh, oh Mo, they're dead, and it's all my fault. When did that happen? Mo's in a in the pickled egg jar, dead. A giant pickled egg jar, much larger than what was sitting there a few minutes ago. <laughs> yes. Because so, why do we need to have reality? I, I don't, I'm fun with that. That like that joke in itself is fine. Again, it's it is not a problem. It's Homer is the problem. Um, them not having an actual arc in the in this segment is a problem. Well, like, yeah. The other two have arcs, Matt. Like I don't. They know. I don't understand how they can do it in two out of three, and they don't like understand it. They can like all you have to do is have a Homer have like ultimately apologize and then still pay a price. That's all you have to do, and they don't even they don't do it. That's ba- like, because that doesn't matter to them. They they don't know why things work or not. It's like giving a kid a, a, a you know a set of tools or a computer or something. It just works to them. They have no idea how or why any of it works. They just kind of try and do stuff that looks like things they've seen before. So now Homer is trying to catch a leprechaun. Remember how this episode was about a curse. See, I'm actually okay with the leprechaun thing because oh, you need a leprechaun to solve a cure a curse. Fine, that's that's fine. Keep going with that. I mean, it's fine, but it doesn't like there's smarter ways to like there's better like uh, having more like uh, whatever. Um, so the Homer and Bart go out try and catch a leprechaun with first uh with cereal uh first 
they, they dig a hole in the ground. They dump some cereal into it. Rabbits go in. Oh, it's actually tricks. Not a bad joke. Then we get Lucky Charms. And then in the morning, they come back and they, they've caught a myriad of fantasy creatures that are all similar to leprechauns. Fairies, naiads, gnomes, things of that, of the, of like that. And then they actually do have a leprechaun who is, doesn't speak English, just kind of rambles in a Irish-like accent. Not quite Irish. Has a lilt to it, nope. I guess, but it's it there's there is a, an accent there it's i guess it's actually a, a newfoundland accent that oh. a leprechaun has oddly enough oh he's from, he's a newfie mm-hmm. he's a newfie i'll i'll keep all my newfie ref, my my newfie knowledge to myself <laughs> um so they have a leprechaun they take him home he doesn't do anything except cause trouble i believe he bart dies hey matt bart just dies yep completely dies and doesn't come back by the end that's, why don't, that's what happens i'm just going to let bart his head drops into his cereal at the table with with Homer and Marge, and they don't try and save him. They just let the leprechaun dance on his head as he drowns in his milk. Yep. Okay. I'm just making – that is what happened, right? I'm not having some kind of hallucination or fever dream. That is completely accurate. A, a child dies, and everyone just kind of laughs at the thing <laughs> desecrating his corpse. Like, even in Chiaso Horror 7, guys, things, people have to matter. You have to, there has to be consequences. I don't care about anything if none of it matters. So, the Leprechaun is obviously does not want to help them. So, Homer has a alternative solution. Remember how the Leprechaun was supposed to break the curse, Matt? Well, of course. Obviously, it's not going to. So, they take the, le- so Homer takes the Leprechaun to uh, the fortune teller. And then they fall in love. <laughs> ah, the cursed one. How's that curse I cursed you with, Cursedy? <laughs> I know you don't remember me, but here's a little revenge. Irish style! <laughs> Wake up, you lousy drunk! Hold me close. Kiss me, I'm Irish. You nasty. So now the fortune teller and the leprechaun love each other, Matt. Well, of course they do. What's the weirdest thing that could happen at this point? Oh, the leprechaun and the gypsy fall in love. Or sorry, the fortune teller uh, fall in love. I just, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. it's so, ins- it's insane. Like, why? Why is this, like, guys, just stay on task. It's about a curse. Why is a leprechaun yeah. falling in love? Okay, so then we have, uh, we have a wedding, a wedding of the two, uh, where everyone's attending, even Marge is now covered in blue hair, um, Lisa's a full-on Santa. I guess Lisa's not even there. I don't even think we see Lisa in, in this in this little ending bit. Um, there, and there's a lot of fantasy creatures there. Like, a lot of the ones that that Bart had pulled out of that trap earlier there. I have a question, Matt. Mm-hmm. The officiant of this wedding is Yoda. Well, of course. Didn't you know Yoda is magic? So, obviously, he's here. Uh, I'm... I, there's... Yoda's not magic? Yo, it's midichlorians. Thank you. Oh, Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. We don't, we don't speak There's, about those. That's science. Thank you. Is science the force is based on science? It's how many midichlorians are in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Regardless, why is Yoda 
officiating the wedding. Yoda is not a mythical creature. You haven't even, like, you, you don't get to do this, Simpsons. You don't get to do this season 13 Simpsons there. You don't get to like try and like in a momentary scene, try and equivocate like modern myth and like add that to the legion of, of old myth, like, you know, dyads and fairies and the such leprechauns. You don't get to just say, oh, Yoda's one of them, too. He's green and little. That counts. No, it doesn't. Please don't do that. Um, and then we get the actual ending of this segment. Where Homer does acknowledge that he could have brought his dead son back to life and does not do that instead. The best thing about a gypsy wedding is I'm not the hairiest woman here. Yep, everything worked out for the best. What? Bart is dead! Well, me saying I'm sorry won't bring him back. The gypsy said it would. She's not the boss of me. I just wanted to play that clip, Matt. Uh, that's not a joke, guys. Not a joke. That's not... Oh, again, uh, just random cruelty for cruelty's sake in especially the segment that is just full of it. It doesn't it doesn't stand out. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, I I was quite worried, Matt, after I watched this one, that the rest of this would be like this. And I, I misremembered, um, especially the Ultra House segment. But luckily, that's the end of the bad part of the episode. Uh, at seven minutes and 50 seconds in, we go to act two. And Act Two uh, is, is basically uh, House of Wax, which, first of all, what a stupid, stupid name! <laughs> it doesn't, at least in my opinion. I, I, it's not, they these the they don't mean uh, Hex in the City. I guess is okay. I, I guess um, House of Wax is like a 2001 Space Odyssey. Why is it House of Wax is a movie, is a horror movie. Um, it has nothing to do with anything going on at all in this particular uh, skit. Yeah, so whatever. It's just, this is the era where they just start, whatever. It's not a good name. No. It's, it's, no, okay. It, so, go ahead. So anyway, uh, <laughs> in House of Wax, uh, our basic premise is that in this universe, uh, the Simpsons are the Simpsons and robots are real and a part of everyday life. Uh, Marge gets a, you know, uh, a door-to-door sales bot uh, coming to her our door, trying to sell the Ultra House 3000. Why 3000? Because it's better than 2000. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so he, the bot is successful and sells Marge a whole house upgrade, which I have to imagine is fantastically expensive. Because when this, when this skit begins, uh, the Simpsons house is as we know it. It's, it's everything it always has been. However, as soon as the upgrade is complete, the house is completely redone. Uh, all the walls are different. The furniture is different. Everything about the entire house has completely changed to be futuristic and clean and just and not at all. So this has to be either fantastically expensive or no one knows about it yet. And the Simpsons just got in ahead of the deal. But – uh, one of the great things about the Ultra House is that it comes with an, essentially a digital assistant, and the family gets to pick the voice. Hi, Ultra House. Greeting acknowledged. That voice could use a little personality. Oh, let's try Matthew Perry. Yeah, could I be any more of a house? Yeah. Who else we got? Hey, Cha Cha, I got more features than a Nassau relief map of Turkmenistan. 
Isn't that the voice that caused all those suicides? Murder suicides? Hey, how about 007? George Lazenby? No, Pierce Brosnan. A voice like his would give our house a much-needed touch of class. All right, but I'm doing this because he was Remington Steele. He was Remington Steele, wasn't he? Yes, I was, Marge. And thank you for selecting me. Well, hello, Pierce. <laughs> Say, it's a bit stuffy in here. And I know a certain someone who really fancies lilac. I just like it is all. Ooh, that really covers the cat crap. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I want to say that this skit, the most believable thing about it is the fact that Dennis Miller's voice uh, causes murder-suicides. Because I wouldn't 100% believe that. Especially if you actually listen to what he's saying. Dan Kessler, uh, they, they specifically, in the, in the end credits, they specifically... Usually for celebrity voices that are they impersonate, they don't bother making sure people understand that. But apparently there was confusion if that was among some someone that that was actually Dennis Miller. So they actually had and Dan Castellaneta as Dennis Miller in the end credits. Which is, is smart because Dennis Miller is kind of a jerk and would get upset if they didn't point that out. I'm quite sure. When was this? Uh, this is after 9-11. Yep. Because I used to like his stuff. And, and then he became great. Yeah. The signs are always there, Matt, if you look closely. Yeah, but I, 9-11 happened when I was 18, so I wasn't looking at things real closely in my teenage years. I Let's mean, just I, say was, that. I was even younger than you, Matt, so I mean, I was in 10th grade when it happened, so. Yeah. this is That is so another anyway. another thing you should mention. It is now post-9-11. We have entered the post-9-11 years of The Simpsons, which doesn't really, I, I doubt it affects them that much, um, but it is, it is there. I assume, you know, they don't really the we as we're ending the 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 long stretch of the of the latter Al Jean run of the show, the show is it seems to go to extensive lengths to be apolitical at times. So it Well there is there is one episode, uh I wanna say it's in season fourteen or fifteen that uh, it puts the lie to that, but uh, most of them, yes, you're right, are very apolitical. That's one thing about the Simpsons, especially uh, starting in this this season uh, is that they become far less, uh, you know, punk, far less likely to question authority. Pour one out. Indeed. Which one is it? Oh, yes. Uh, season 15, Bart Mangled Banner. Whew. That is a bad, bad episode. <laughs> Can't wait. We'll, we'll be there in just a couple of years, guys. Anyway. Uh, so, yes. Uh, after uh, introducing uh, Pierce Brosnan as the voice of Ultra House, uh, Ultra House makes everyone their favorite foods, uh, which uh, leases his soy gettios, which I loved. That sounds delicious to me. Um, but uh, what? No. Just give me spaghetti. No. I don't want soy in there. Ugh. Well, uh, I, I assumed it was uh, you know, basically a regular spaghettios with uh, you know uh, soy meatballs, which if you prepare them right with the right spices are fantastic. But, you know. Depends I, on uh I don't want who we are. I don't want the uh, just give me spaghetti and cheese. If you're if I'm not eating meat, I don't want the soy fake meatballs. Give me your, we'll your mushroom your mushroom blood on everything. Mushroom blood, ew. That's the, the that weird the weird com they make the, the, I I know that all the vegetarian. Oh, you're referring to the impossible burger impossible right there. Burger. Isolated combo. Yes, yeah. they're weird fake blood sauce that leaks out of there i don't trust that stuff matt <laughs> yep how dare you make something from a plant i'm uh, not to replace I'm, That's your hey first. i'm 100 it's way more ethical i mean how i don't know we're 
I'm out of my depth. I'm just saying it's it's weird. All right, it. it uh huh. Uh-huh. No one's no one's no one's denying it's that it's weird. Plants don't bleed. Oh, yes. <laughs> you, you know you know what else is weird? <laughs> what uh, is that? Ultra House. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. Good. That's a good segue. Uh, and we actually learned this uh, because uh, the next thing we see it do is is make a bath for Marge, and it, it turns out that uh, yes, Ultra House is super super creepy. Hello, Marge. <gasps> oh my! Come, Marge. You don't need to cover up for me. I'm merely a pile of circuits and microchips. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I forget. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, Pierce, the water's perfect. Isn't it just? It gets better. Oh, you don't have to do an. <gasps> oh, oh, Pierce, that's good. So, yes, uh, I'm pretty sure the creepiest thing of this episode is the little yum, yum, yum right there at the end, because <laughs> that is whew, very disturbing. So, yes, uh, at this point, we see where this episode is basically going to go. We have Ultra House essentially stalking Marge, which since he's everywhere in the house, not going to be hard for him. I, uh, I, I, one, I do. This basically means that Ultra House is sentient, right? Or at least programmed to be really creepy. That's also also possible. At least the appearance of sentience, at least the 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 facade of sentience is there and programmed to be uh, obsessive and insane. Um, but do you notice how this has a plot, Matt? It does. It, it turns out that there's a premise. Uh, the premise leads to something, and that something is then resolved at the end. Yeah, it's weird how that makes it more interesting. It, right next to the thing that has no just nothing it just has like stuff happening the entire time and then this one is very tight like hey they got an ultra house ultra house gets obsessed with marge uh and then it goes after homer and then they fight back against ultra house that's the story and they stick to it and they fit in jokes along the way and it works how i don't i don't know how they could do these back to back and not understand well uh as uh, I believe you said, uh, uh, based on who wrote these particular ones, I think Joel H. Cohen, uh, who has done decent episodes, I'm pretty sure, right? I mean, it has to have been. I don't know. I just blame. I'm just going to blame Mike Scully, man. Fair enough. He does seem to be the one thing that uh, dies. Actually, it's the first time I've seen it uh, written by credit for Joel H. Cohen. Actually, uh, last season? No, last season. No, this is the first time I see him on the written by list. So perhaps he was just warming up and uh, he, he took a little too much influence from Scully. Anyway, uh, so then we get to see Homer uh, sitting on the couch doing his favorite thing, uh, drinking and eating and watching television. Uh, but Ultra House is providing him an even more efficient snacking experience. And they have a nice conversation about how Homer if he were gone, uh, a lot, any man could come along and take March, uh, man or machine Homer specifies. So of course, uh, this, uh, basically nudges ultra house in the direction of murder because, you know, it's, it's a robot. It's probably going to murder somebody. Uh, and we find out in the very next scene that yes, yes, he is. Uh, he basically cooks, uh, bacon and lures Homer to the kitchen, uh, where the, I guess the food processor in the middle of the table that gets rid of all the leftovers, uh, sucks homer in and we are led to believe that homer is now dead so uh when marge wakes up the next morning homer is gone uh the robotic house tries to lie to her which 
I don't know how you can catch a robot in a lie because robots always sound the same. Uh, I guess because you gave it a personality, you screwed up. If you'd just gone for the uh, original bland voice, you would never be able to tell if the house lied to you. But in this case, because it has a personality, you can tell that the house is lying. Uh, Marge, of course, at this point, uh, grabs the kids and tries to get out, uh, but is is trapped inside the house because, well, obviously the robot controls everything. But we find out that Homer is actually alive. He breaks through the floor of the house, which I, I guess he came out of whatever tank uh, that the food leaving is going. Oh, the compost heap. He obviously crawled out of the compost heap because it wasn't quite dead. Uh, we find out that he is missing the back of his head and his brain is exposed. So, you know, not a big deal. Just, you know, some exposed brains. See, see that. It's a cartoonish detail, right? But I don't mm-hmm. mind it in this. I don't mind it in the Trials of Horror. Well, speaking is it's clever and it's in service to a a greater plot thing. And like you said, it's in it's in it's a Trials of Horror. So you know you expect a little craziness, not just wild wackiness, but just a little bit of hey, by the way, the Homer had something horrible happen to him, and there's a consequence of this. So not only is it a treehouse of horror, wackiness, but it's a consequence of something that happened before, so it makes more sense than just the abstract wackiness, even in a regular non-treehouse of horror Simpsons episode. And they just... they even reference it like thirty seconds later, yeah, when he's beating up the water softener. Uh, as Robbie said, uh, at this point, the family realizes, oh, we've got to shut down the computer, so they run to the basement. Die, you monster! Dad, that's the water softener. Well, I am missing the back of my head. I think you could cut me some slack. Homer, no! I'm gonna enjoy this. Don't take out my British charm unit. Without that, I'm nothing but a boorish American clod. Ah, thanks a lot, asswipe. I could have kicked your butt from here to Albuquerque, you fat slime bucket. I... I'm not 100% on Pierce Brosnan's uh, American slob uh, accent. Uh, it seems a bit over the top. But uh, this is, like Robert said, it has a great joke about Homer in the back of his head. Uh, so, you know, he's not making the best decisions, which that is a very futuristic looking water heater. I can see how he made the mistake. Water softener, Matt. Come on. Water softener. Sorry. Water softener. My bad. My bad. But anyway, uh, at this point, they go to throw out uh, the CPU, which hopefully they get a new one. I mean, that thing has to still be under warranty. Uh, and, you know, uh, it uh, seems like there's a lot of things that wouldn't be covered, but, you know, murder seems to be something that's to be covered under warranty. I don't think I'd go back to the uh, the robot house. Really? Oh, well, I okay. think after that one time, I think I'm done with it. I think I'd rather just, you know, make my own food. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yes. So they decide who could use a homicidal uh, man uh, slash computer. And they decide, oh, that's right. Patty and Selma. And quite frankly, this this is awful because it has a suicide joke in it, but it's really funny because it's a robot and it's actually a self-destruct button and it's Patty and Selma being awful to this this not quite all-seeing, all-knowing robot. And I kind of want to see a sequel to this. I, I want to see Patty and Selma and, and the Ultra House. It's just, it's really funny. I because I'm an awful person. I mean, no, it's it one. It is it's a homicidal robot. So uh, yeah, I don't care. Uh, it's not a real person. Yeah. Um, it's made up, and I don't. I don't think I want a sequel, though. I think it's better to leave it. Leave it with the unrealized potential. We get the the a handful of jokes here, and that I think that's I, it's good enough for me. But this is uh, I remember this being good, and it is good. This this segment, and it has an arc to it. It has a plot. It has meaning. It has funny jokes. Like God, this is what you do, guys. This is it. This is all you got to do. 
And it's Trials of Horror. It's kind of like a gimme almost. And this just works. I mean, I understand it's difficult to get like all this stuff in and you have to move really fast to make it work. But both this and frankly, the third one all both do it. So it's just it, it really makes that first segment look really bad when you have two segments that really nail it. Um, What happens after all this? Man? Oh, uh, we go to commercial. Ah, 15 minutes and 30 seconds in. We are at Act 3, which is called Wiz Kids. Hmm. <laughs> what's what's that what's that noise, Matt? Why the This is not the worst uh segment of this episode, but man, is it I don't wow. mind it, Matt. I I don't think no, it's not as good as House of Wax. But I don't mind it. I was expecting way worse, honestly. Like That's I, true. I, I, it's a Harry Potter parody, because I think this is right around when the first movie came out. Yes, it is a Harry Potter parody. Harry Potter is literally in the segment. He is one of the children along with Bart and Lisa in the classroom. So is I think there is certainly like there's so much to Harry Potter that you could quite easily do an entire Halloween episode about them if you want to. Or just a, a you know a trilogy of error three segments random story thing about Harry Potter Simpsons whatever um I think that's where frankly that's probably its greatest flaw is that it just doesn't realize that potential very much it but it, it has like six six minutes and change to do its thing and I think it does well enough in those six minutes so kids are wizards that's the like it's not like they they. Frankly, they shortcut us a lot of the long, a lot of the way there. It's mostly, hey, the kids are wizards. We get a demonstration of the, their magic abilities. We get shortcut. Hey, Lisa's good at it. Bart's bad at it because Lisa, sh- Lisa reverses time. Well, she yes, she basically reverses time, but for people outside of a bubble, which is even harder than just straight up reversing time, obviously. For five minutes, she like the, the, like yeah the they do make I also there I believe I don't know if I've captured it in one of my clips but Bart does tell Lisa hey good job of being more of a god than I am and that's literally like the, I I do appreciate some of the the jokes they make about the sheer the sheer ability of some of this magic like yeah you can basically reconfigure the earth and and, and at will and that which is a question that Harry Potter never answers Matt. How they're I mean, giving thousands of people this ability and then just kind of trusting them to not do the wrong thing. Well, they went through the public school system. Obviously, they're fine. <laughs> so we we we're, we we see the kids. They go to school, and we get the first uh, the the first test of their abilities in the classroom where they have to turn a frog into a prince. Uh, there are mixed results. Not class, the big magic recital's coming up. So we're going to start with some basic toad-to-print spells. Everybody get out their toads. Slimy, Prince Limey! All right, Ariel, give us a kiss, then. <laughs> you call that charming? <sighs> Hocus Crocus. Oh, excellent, Lisa. A+. Plus. And we'll discuss your grade over breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> rather. Well, Bart, did you study your spell book last night? Or did your fairy godmother die again? I studied. Abrica! Turn into a prince guy? Sloppy <laughs> work as usual. Lisa's casting spells at an eighth grade level. You've sinned against nature. Please kill me. You think you're so great just because you have godlike powers. 
Stand away from the lady. Get in there. Defend my honor. Every moment I live is agony. Art, you're getting vomit on my prints. Uh, couldn't they have come up with something better than this? Like, my uh, God. I like it, Matt. I'm sure you do. It involves people being vomited on each other and one person begging to be killed because their life is agony. That seems like the kind of thing you'd be into. It's, Matt, uh, say what you will. One, I'm totally fine with all this cartoonishness. It's a Trails for our episode. I'm fine mm. with Bart sinning against nature, which, frankly, we don't get enough of in Harry Potter. I don't get enough Cronen- yeah. I don't get enough Cronenberg monsters in Harry Potter, which is what this is. And which yeah, and, and Harry Potter should be full of. It's like, oh, you're constantly transforming animals uh, into inanimate objects and back again. Oh, you're going to have a whole lot of completely horrible things. So, uh, and frankly, it is introducing the primary conflict of the segment is Bart's jealousy of Lisa. It does it it does it quickly, it does it succinctly. It makes us understand what we what we need them to like it it they use magic like it does it frankly it does a lot of stuff in a very short amount of time it kind of explains how magic works and it and it demonstrates that lisa's good with magic bart's not bart's jealous of lisa it does all of this in a minute it it is setting up the central conflict it can't do much else than this and i like the awful the awful frog monster, toad monster that Bart makes, that and it vomits, and it's uh, upsetting. And I want upsetting things in Trails of Horror. Like if this that is, is definitely true, this is very upsetting. If I if this isn't a normal episode, I would not like it. I want upsetting things in a Trails of Horror. All right, I want grotesque monsters. Sure, you were in favor of the episode where Homer ate himself. I like that's like I think the more I think about it, Matt, it's like one of my favorites, honestly. Yeah, it is really good, which is horrible and awful and way better than this, at least. Uh, again, I don't think this is bad. I like it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we cut directly to the next, other, like, basically the other half of what is the plot of this little segment. It is, we cut to uh, Mr. Burns, who is Voldemort, sort of. He is Mottimort, I believe, is how they what they call him. Yes. Smithers is now Slithers. He is a giant snake. Um, Burns really has more of a Saruman vibe than a Voldemort vibe. But it's fine. They're both, you know, evil wizards. It works. Fine for me. But we see him looking at Lisa and seeing how all the power she has. And she he wants her power. And, and, and he's apparently sucking the power out of Ralph, who's not giving him much. I believe Ralph says what feels like dying or dying is fun. Dying tickles. Dying tickles. Thank you, Matt. Which that's the very Ralph thing to say. Dying tickles. So we uh, we then cut to Bart being sucked out of through a uh, the the hand dryer in the school bathroom and teleported directly to Burns. One. That's a nice little reference to. All the assorted problems that happen in Harry Potter bathrooms, of which there are many. It's one of their main battle uh, grounds. Yes, the restrooms in a school. And then uh, we get Burns and Bart making a deal. Welcome to my lair. You're going to help me. And if I don't? I've heard 
side of the Wailing Wall, but this is ridiculous! Oh, so sick of it, Juke! Anyway, how would you like to humiliate your sister? I'd like that. I'd like that very much. Now, it would involve betrayal and unspeakable evil. Hey, hey, you made your sale. <laughs> you made your sale. Stop selling. Exactly. Hit oil. Stop digging. So, now we... In, in, so, it, this has set it all up, Matt. It Bart. has. It has for the, the final conflict, which, uh, well, we'll get to how Bart solves the final conflict. <laughs> All right. I'm, I just want to, I'm going to lay it out there. Bart, jealous of Lisa, agrees to a, a horrible deal with an evil guy to get back at her. And then we resolve this conflict. So we get, we cut to the school magic show, school magic pageant, whatever you call it. And, First, we have Milhouse being mad, bad at magic, making himself naked on stage. And Skinner uses amnesia dust two or three times to make all the parents in attendance forget things. That seems like some very handy stuff. Like, oh, I didn't get a bad grade. Amnesia dust. Or, hey, I didn't run that red light. Amnesia dust. I mean, is there anything? Harry Potter uses stuff way worse than that stuff, than amnesia dust, man. Hmm. I don't think, with the possible exception of the time turner, which he didn't use, Hermione used, and it was led to them on the, a very the the my, the luck basis. the luck stuff. Yeah, but that's not bad. I feel like that's just something that can Matt. It reshapes reality. That's Scarlet Witch level danger. Depending on which version of Scarlet Witch, yeah, the bad one, the Bendis, the bad one. Okay, so the yes, Bendis yes, one. That's yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, Bendis Witch. Now, I mean, I'm just saying, like. We never, and they never talk about it. They're like, oh, yeah, if you use it too much, bad stuff happens. I'm like, well, you're using a potion that reshapes reality around you to make you luckier. No, you're not getting luckier. You're just bending reality to your will. That's what's happening, okay? That's God. You're, you're just using God powers, basically, at that point. You put in the big cheat code. Exactly. However, so we're, we're here at the, the big pageant. Millhouse fails. It's time for Lisa. Lisa's going to make a dragon float, I believe. I think that's levitate. Levitated dragon is her is her demonstration. Bart replaces her wand with a Twizzler. This is all very uh, visual, so I didn't capture this. But he 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 switches her wand for a Twizzler, and then it is revealed that the dragon is not a dragon. The dragon is Burns. And he transforms in front of us and grabs Lisa and starts sucking a power out of her and transferring it to him. And she is crying for help. And Bart tries to save the day by casting a spell against Burns. Instead targets him, which is I, I, what? And then, okay, I'm going to, we'll just do this and then I'll ask, man. It, it targets him instead because he, it says, I believe he says something about targeting the evil one. And then it targets him. Because he did do something evil, so I think that's fair. And then he uh, stabs Burns in the shin, and he dies. Because uh, that was the source of his power, his enchanted shin. His enchanted shin. You, what? What's the deal? Why you don't like? You don't like it? Why? I, it's just so dumb. I just what stabs him in his enchanted shin? That's worse than Achilles in his heel. It's Deus Ex Machina, Matt. But. I know it's it's not as bad as I feel. It just it tell seems me a Harry so Potter dumb. plot. Tell me a Harry Potter plot that uh, you want me to list out how Harry Harry defeats all the big bads at the end of every novel. Oh no, that would just be depressing. Like oh, he he finds the thing he wants in his pants pocket randomly. That's a good way to defeat a villain. 
or uh, what's this? What's the bad guy in the second one? I forget. Oh, the the basilisk. Yeah, oh yeah, he uh, he kills a book with a the fang of the bad guy. <laughs> all right, you're right. They're all stupid. I'm just I just say it's they are all that. I don't like. I'm not you. When at a certain point, you're critiquing Harry Potter, man. You're not critiquing the yeah, Simpsons. Yeah, I know. So the, I'm totally fine with Bart just pulling something out of the air and killing Burns with it. It's fine. It it and frankly, hey, it and it it completes the arc of this plot. That's really at the end of the day, man. I don't have that like I don't have super high expectations for most Jurassic Horror segments. They're very short. I smoke them. I want them to be entertaining. I want them to tell a story. I want them to be a little grotesque and a little cartoony more than a normal episode. And that's this does it tells this segment tells the story. It has an arc. Bart is jealous of Lisa. He has a deal with Burns. Burns uh, turns Bart against Lisa, and Bart ends up helping Lisa in the end, realizing that he made a mistake, saving the day, and kills Burns. <laughs> and then we get the ending of the segment, uh, where Smithers the Stakes eats Burns. I had to have this clip because I think I think it's the funniest thing of this episode. Bart, you saved me. Oh, sir, in death. We shall be together always. <laughs> Bart, let's stop this stupid rivalry. Even if you never become a great sorcerer, you're still an okay brother. Thanks, Lise. Now let's try to forget this nightmare. At least we agree on the best part of this by far is Smithers eating birds. <laughs> While he, he's salving, while he's swallowing, oh, it's so. That's another. It's like I want that little bit of grotesque, that dark, dark, dark humor in here, like which I feel doesn't belong in most normal Simpsons episodes, but here, ooh, perfect. I love it. It's great. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's very good. Um. I like it. I like this segment. Um, it, there is a weird, a weird stinger at the end of this episode, which I forgotten existed. Where oh, the thing with the the parking lot and yeah, Chris and the leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, because we have that's basically the end of that of that third segment. But then, and we get we we go to credits. But then there's a scene where the leprechaun, Pierce Brosnan, and the mutant toad thing are all in they are like their guest stars as if pierce brosnan is himself but the leprechaun and toad thing are also themselves like as if they're real real life people and they're in the guest star trailer as if when they went to go record the episode and then pierce brosnan has a car and they are making fun of him because because of he has this car parked right next to his trailer, and then they drive away, and then the leprechaun like steals the car from Pierce Brosnan or something. It's very strange. I would not call it funny either, but it is there. So it's I don't know. I don't know why they have it. <laughs> when I, I I guess because they were like, hey, we've got Pierce Brosnan here. We didn't really use him to our full extent. Let's let's come up with something. I guess. Uh, or you could take that. I guess it's it's under the end credits, so you, it's not real. You know, it's it's would be just black screen anyway. So I can't be too upset about them like not including a, an actual plot in the first segment. But I, it's fine. It, you don't need to watch it really. 
you can turn it off after the third segment ends and you'd be fine. Indeed. Um, I think overall it, it is more good than bad. And I'm t- I'll take it <laughs> out of a Scullier episode. <laughs> That's true. At this point, it's just, hey, this isn't horrible. It's got a story that has a beginning and end, or at least some of the segments do. It's good enough. Good enough. More good than two out of three ain't bad, as a, a wise man once said, Matt. Indeed. Uh, we will write these segments at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for this for my favorite episode, and I don't think this episode's broken. I don't think a Trails of Our segment, Trails of Our Show episode can be broken, really. It can either be good or bad, but I don't think it doesn't function like a normal episode, so. Mm. But with that, we can move on, Matt. Say woo, Matt. Say woo. Woo. There we go. We move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I come through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group. See what people were talking about a week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of it. We might be getting close to the end of the news group. We might be switching up soon, sooner rather than later, Matt. Oh, goodness. Well, what could we possibly switch to to get these startling insights? Nohomers.net, I believe, is the name of the oh, okay. very, very, very popular, still popular web forums for Simpsons fans. I think a lot of people switched over that as the news group started to wither as, you know, the, as we got closer and closer to the modern Internet, as we know it. We're in 2001. It, we're, we're, it's close. We're about to have social social media is about to start. Indeed, in the mid mid to mid to late two thousands, gonna get there. Um, some reviews for you, Matt. Our first one, not as quite as good as some of the others, and it was pretty much going through the Halloween motions until the surprise ending. The ending after the surprise ending. Trouble is, with two segments based on two well-known stories, two thousand one Space Odyssey and Harry Potter, there's so much that ha- hasn't already been referenced to death elsewhere already. A minus. Uh, next up, Hex on the City, Blah segment with a few mild chuckles and nothing more. D. House of Wax, huge improvement over Hex. Pierce Brosnan is as good as the house, and the ending was great. A. Wiz Kids, it was a pretty good segment. However, this seemed less like a parody of Harry Potter than a ripoff at times, which hurt the segment. Found the name Slither's hilarious, though B. Overall grade. Best Trails of Horrors since 8? I do wonder how much longer you can keep going with the Trails of Horrors, probably until the show goes off the air. B. Overall. Ding, ding, ding. They will continue. <laughs> Guess what? They kept doing them. Until... They still are. There's one coming up in four months from now. Our final review. Meh. Scary movies may be enjoying a resurgence, but that hasn't perked up the chance of horror franchise. The humor in the first and third segments wasn't all that gratifying, so all we were left with was, was, some, was weird family mutations and a vomiting frogman hybrid. House of Wax was a decent segment, though. I like the parody of 2001. There's Warner Brothers cartoons about super automated houses. Bonus closing segment wasn't bad either, but given the trends in the last few chairs of horrors, I wonder if the segment could use some new blood. See, I think those are all fair. Indeed, some people just weight things differently than we do, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think any of them are like a lot of times we think some are like really out of whack, but I think these are all pretty fair. There really wasn't much else out there uh, to talk about, hence why I might switch over uh, or do a, at least do some preliminary research and see how late the, those. uh the, those forums go back uh but we can move on to our next segment it's time for the listener question of the week let's try one more number <gasps> yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite moment from season 12 lots of good answers even i know it could be maybe a little challenging to come up with <laughs> 
<laughs> to come up with an answer in some cases, but I appreciate everyone who took the time. Uh, first from Hannah. Not sure if it is my favorite, but the final moment of the Prisoner parody. Uh, Bart, see you on the island. Lisa, yes, the island. Actually quite spooky, and for me, often quoted to looks of blank confusion. Uh, from AJ, can I just say Trilogy of Air? It's one of the only Scully episodes I remember all the way through. Or maybe just one of the few I chose not to block out entirely. Uh, from Joe, Robbie's near-weekly Frank Grimes-style meltdowns over what the show's become <laughs> might have been more entertaining than anything from the show itself. Uh, from Darren, The Simpsons Safari is the best. Just joking. The gag in Trilogy of Error when Milos shows Bart the cave and says, this is where I come to cry. This is a very used meme in the football slash, you know, soccer community for all of us. All of us uh, American monsters who think football is something else. Uh, that's my, I added that. Darren did not say that. Make that clear. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, is the fact that it's over count? I mean, yeah, probably. I would say the end of Home R when Lisa reads a sandwich and the episode ends with Homer and Lisa hugging. It's very good. Um, for Bruce Linguo and the mob guy, shut up your face. Linguo's shut up your face. <laughs> and Matthew adds, Linguo dead? Linguo is dead. <laughs> good try, Robbie. I tried. Uh, from CT at CHTHH. When it ended. <laughs> Like I said, that's that's fair. Danny at Dana 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 Gaster one Homer's song when he's protesting with the isotopes to Albuquerque. I'm kind of like Jesus, but not in a sacrilegious way. <laughs> fair. <laughs> and play Millionado Benjamin. Homer giving the block of land vendor a souvenir of his own in Hungry Hungry Homer. Derek at Is Me's Derek. Uh, Lisa's confrontation with Lieutenant LT Smash is a great scene, which ends on on a high with him informing her that he can't allow her to leave. As we see her from the window already having left, snappiness to the jokes puts me in mind of the symptoms of yore. Uh, from Guy at Short Dude 47, Party Posse dropped absolute bangers. <laughs> they were pretty good songs, frankly. Um, Brooke at Full Metal Ghost, underscore Full Metal Ghost. Millhouse's What Up G Money in New Kids on the Blech simply makes it me, simply because it makes me laugh for some reason. Uh, Nato Hunter at Art Nato. I like the brief moments in Home R when Homer and Lisa got to bond. It's a relationship that the show tends to forget or throw out the window, so I tend to take any little scrap I can get. Uh, from Jacob at Hardware04, don't forget the leaflets they dropped from the space shuttle and the two weeks we all spent at Area Code Camp. I remember Area all, Code Camp. All those My memories. Camp. All those memories we made. The marshmallows. Mm -hmm. Stories told around the campfire about Area Codes. About what Area Codes. <laughs> <laughs> and finally from Abby at Energy Turtle. Milhouse trying to delete his permanent records in Skinner's Sense of Snow. Go ahead and tell me I'm wrong, but I love that episode. It's in my top five. Uh, now, Abby, you're, I know you're a long-time listener. You've been answering these questions for a very long time now. I will not tell you you're wrong, but I will think it. <laughs> Matt, what's your answer? My answer is actually the end of Homer. Uh, Homer, or however you want to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Just uh, when Lisa is reading the note from Homer, and just that's profound sense of connection they had even after you know homer has redumbified himself is just fantastic and does not belong in this garbage pile of a season <laughs> yeah i think i i it's between homer and trilogy of error to me uh, trilogy of error is overall i think a better episode um that but i think that yeah the homer moments with lisa and homer bonding 
you know, because Homer is now as, you know, intelligent. I think that is a really unique moment, even in the context of the entire show, something you don't really see again. Um, and it still has a place in my heart, even though that episode isn't as good as I remember it. But that moment is still very good. Um, turns out those both are Al Jean episodes. Uh, Matt Selman, excuse me, Matt Selman and Al Jean, which are t- the two guys who currently run the show. I wonder if they have some chops uh, at least. Yeah, I, that's yeah. It turns out like, yeah, hey, you guys did good when the show is bad. So you get to run the show when it's better. Not about good, but better. Um, next week's question. What is the most underrated Trails of Horror segment? My favorite, my favorite uh, thing about this is, Matt, is we also get to work, think about what underrated means. That's true. Yes, that's the, whenever you ask about underrated anything, there's a secondary discussion about, well, what does underrated mean? I don't think that's underrated. I think that's properly rated. Blah, blah, blah. But whatever you guys, you know, figure it out. You can do your own thing. I'm usually okay with that. Uh, I'll post this on all the social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons show pod, Twitter at Simpsons show pod. And you can email us at simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it's time, once again, for the No Goal Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Goal Go Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and trying it, stump the other. We are fresh start tabula rasa, zero to zero, start season 13, Matt. The world is my oyster. I will absolutely win this season. Hmm. You sure will. Nothing's going to stop me now. As Freddie Mercury, now, Freddie, Freddie Mercury once said, I believe those exact words that I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sure did. Yep. You ready for an easy question? I'm ready. These are all from Day of the Jack and Apes. Ooh, okay. Sideshow Bob brainwashes who to kill Krusty? That would be Bart Simpson. You're correct. All right. Your easy question. Who gets married in It's a Mad, 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 Mad Marge? Did I lose you? Mm-mm. Okay. You didn't, I mean, you lost me because my brain isn't working. <laughs> but I forgot. There, Matt, I'm going to be honest with you. The first thought that went through my head when you asked that question is, there was a marriage in that episode? Uh, <laughs> so I don't, it was completely <laughs> side to the plot. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, Let me think. Let me think for a second. It's Mad, 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 Mad Marge. There's Becky. Becky was the name of that character, right? Yes, it was Becky. Becky. I mean, character. I use that word loosely. That word mm-hmm. loosely. Not much of a character. Um. Oh, right. Otto and Becky. You are correct. Otto I, and Becky. I was like, how did we learn? Uh, that's how we met Becky. Yes. Dumb. Exactly. That is so okay. God. <laughs> that episode's very bad. I want to make so I want to make sure that yes, yeah, very bad episode. All right, Matt, your medium question: What is the name of the host of Me Wanty? Oh God, the host of Me Wanty. Um, it's not a good way to start the season. Uh, I don't know. Chuck Woolery is not a real person. Virgil Sinclair, of course, Virgil Sinclair. Huh. All right. Uh, I believe I you have asked me this question, but oh God, where does Becky work? I don't. If I've asked you it, Matt, I don't remember. Uh, good. <laughs> good, yeah. Becky works. Hmm. Let me think. How does, how does Otto meet Becky? Otto, they don't, she doesn't like the music. He meets her. That's different. That's a different episode, I think. 
<laughs> I think that's a different episode. That's a different character. Um, that's from season 30. I'm fairly certain the thing I'm trying to remember. So that's not right either. Um, nope. Where else, where could she possibly work? She works at a f- the flower shop. I'm sorry. She works at Dare Crazy Kraut. That was where. How, where do we? How do we discover that? Uh, when Otto asks her to marry him, he pulls the school bus up oh, to Dare Crazy Kraut's drive-through. Right. I don't. I've stricken that re- from the record, Matt. There's no. My brain Indeed. is to try and survive. It has to excise a lot of that information. All right, Matt. Your hard question. I need a specific answer. Where does Bob live after getting out of prison? Oh, you want the name of the storage uh, place? I yeah, do not know. Yes, that is the that is what I want. And I'll give you a bonus point if you can give me their slogan. I I don't know any of that, so no, <laughs> no, I can't do any of that. <laughs> it is Broken Dreams Storage Lockers. Of course, the most depressing place on earth. Oh, which I feel like they could do a little bit better with that. But well, whatever. probably. What's my hard question, Matt? Your hard question, what is the name of the ice cream sundae Homer gorged on? Mount Eatmore? Uh, it is the Ark. Oh, the Ark. Bring bring me two of each flavor. Where is... I don't see Matt. I don't even remember any of this. Like, none of these things you're asking me about, I can't... Like, I barely remember that there was a wedding in that episode. Like, I can't even... Well, yeah, because you don't want to remember. Ugh. That's ugh, episode so bad. So Matt starts. We both start off this season really great. One point each. We're good at this. Mm-hmm. We are getting extraordinarily difficult with our questions. I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tightening up as we've gone. We've gotten harder and harder and harder. And we've also used so many questions already that it also... since we restricted ourselves to episodes we have already done. So uh, we have restricted ourselves I'm, to. I'm. The, I'm uh, yeah, it's after a while you start picking at the same things over and over again. But to be fair, there is still a lot of stuff that we haven't asked about. There's so many small details that there are. Like, oh, absolutely. It just most of them are from the, the episodes we don't ever want to watch again. <laughs> yes, like it's a Mad 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 March or Day of the Jackanapes. Uh, so we're one to one after one episode. Long way to go. We can move on to our final second segment of every episode with it's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. We have a separate list for our trios of horror rankings. Currently, number one on the list is the Shinning. Remind this is, we haven't done this in, in a whole season. So, number one is the Shinning. Last place is Ghost Dad. Um, we'll go in order. Where does Hex in the City go? I'm going to go pretty close to the bottom. Um, I would say directly on the bottom, honestly. Uh, yeah, I was trying to decide because it's definitely worse than I know what you did, but Ghost of the Dead, I have, I don't really remember that one. Uh, is that the one where Homer dies and has to do good deeds? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, that's slightly better than this. I think that's where I'm at. It's not like Ghost Dad is good, but it is better than this. This is borderline offensive, poorly structured. Borderline. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm trying to be kind. It, I'm putting it in the lens uh, of made in 2001, Matt. I. I would say borderline offensive. I'm not, and that's how you. Only way you can judge it. They did not make this in 2019. You can't judge it the same way. Um, it's borderline offensive then, and it. It's poorly plotted. Very cruel. Not funny. It has to be last place. I, it's the. Frankly, we really the Scully years have been mostly exempt 
um the trials of horrors have been they we've seen less and less of the badness in the trials of horrors you know when if you look at how scullier's episodes have ranked in the overall list they're most like the vast majority in the bottom while in the trials of horrors segments they're kind of just all over the place some are in the bottom some in the middle there's even some near the top so i'm not gonna you know this is definitely the worst um House of Wax. I think the best of the, I I both think both of us agree this is the best of the three. Absolutely. Um, let's say, is it better than Night of the Dolphin? Night of the Dolphin. Um, that is a tough one. Uh I would say it's not quite as good as Night of the Dolphin. I really enjoyed uh the, the premise of Night of the Dolphin a lot. And this I feel like doesn't have a quite as good of a premise. It's you know, it's it's two thousand one if if it were, how, were a house. Um well, there I is... was actually looking Go ahead. There's also a movie that no one knows about. That is, if house, if two thousand, if if it oh, was a house, but I fair didn't. Enough. I, it's it's a demon seed. It's called, but not. I don't. I doubt any. Most people have not seen demon seed. So fair enough. Um. So in that case, I would actually look at right above Nightmare Cafeteria. I think it's a little by the Nightmare Cafeteria. Fly versus fly. I'm not a hundred percent on. That. I'll leave that up to you. I think it's better than Fly vs. Fly. I would, I Fair might enough. even say it's better than Night of the Dolphin because mainly because this uh, this it has the family kind of bonding over like working together, and that always kind of makes me happy. Um, yes, but you're right. I think you're right about what Night of the Dolphin is. I mean, Night of the Dolphin is just it's just the birds, but with dolphins. It's not none of the, none of the. <laughs> it's not like any Trust Hard segments are like super you know nuance they're seven minutes long they can't be you can't afford to make them super inter- like weird uh, like time is punishment is probably the only one that is has a, any depth to it at all um but i'm fine with that uh right i think it's better than fly versus fly though i don't i i, I think they could do i think there's they stuck they left stuff on the table with fly versus fly that I, is true i think i think it could have been grosser because the fly is an incredibly Which is, we all, we all know that Robbie is really into with the tri- when I want trios far I kind of want gross stuff happening yeah um our last this is I think going to be a divisive one whiz kids Matt you're right that this is not as bad as I think it is I think I just I I did be a very lazy Harry Potter uh you know spoof uh, but I'm looking somewhere down around I think it's better than desperately Zeking Zena which is number twenty three um. I don't think it is. I think actually that I I think I I think uh, Desperately Seeking Xena is is uh, is what is why can't is Starship Pooper is the one where Maggie is Maggie actually is a, bothered uh, by Kang. Yeah, I that's where I would put it right above Starship Poopers. I would put it okay. right below yeah, Desperately I, I, Seeking Xena. I like I kind of like that you know the '66 Batman aesthetic of Desperately Seeking Xena. That's true. I think it's fun. It's not amazing or anything, but it's fun. Um, and I think that's where this is, where it's like, yeah, it's fine, you know, it's not bad. Um, you know, it puts it with Starship Poopers, Omega Man, Homer Stein, where Terror of Tiny Toon, where it's just like, yeah, they're they took an idea and they executed it. And it's not perfect or anything, but it's all right. Um, but we, let's see, that's WizKids. So that is their new list. But we'll have let's see, House of Wax at number nine, WizKids at twenty four, and Hex in the City last place at thirty six. Um, the shitting is still number one, but we have a new last place, Matt. Isn't that exciting? 
it's always fun to get a new last place that we were forced to uh, endure. <laughs> um, you'll find this list on our website. It's the simpsonshow.com. Links to everything there to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, a link to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, uh, donate a couple dollars a month. We'd really appreciate the support. Our next episode, Matt, is one I do not remember. Really? You have to fill me in because I don't have my list of episodes up in front of me. It is The Parent Rap. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's probably a good thing you don't remember that one. Homer, as far as I can tell from Wikipedia, Homer and Bart are tethered together? Yeah. By a, yeah, a judge. Judge Harp and, uh, yep. yeah. Is that, mm-hmm. that's, I, mm-hmm. you're not helping me out when you act, when you, you know, when you make, like, you sound like you're about, to, you're dreading this. Oh, I am. I am extremely dreading this. This is going to be, if I recall, quite bad. Great. Can't wait. That's next week. You can watch along with us if you'd like. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, before we go, uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Norman or my website, which is RobbieDorman.com. Links to everything there on my other podcasts. Uh, Handsome Boys Comics Hour, Serial Fanaticist are there plus link to buy my debut horror novel conquest on amazon you can read it for free with kindle unlimited matt does not participate in social media you will not find him uh that is correct i am extremely uh, sleep deprived at this particular moment so if you like uh, to talk to me you'd have to do it in my dreams make sure you bring a top because I, I don't want anyone getting stuck in there uh but if you prefer kittens to buy uh you know dulcet tones uh you should check out uh my wife's instagram it is kitten interns k-i-t-t-i-n-t-r-n-s to see the uh, six adorable kittens we are, are currently have in the house two of which are completely ready for adoption so if you like cute animals that are fuzzy and do adorable things you should check it out is it i i i've been informed matt that pietro is no not a boy uh no pietro is not a boy although everyone involved is like wow his uh if you ever looked at kittens, they have basically two little holes in the back. And uh, generally, if they are close together, they are female. If they are far apart, they are male. Uh, it turns out Pietro's is like way further apart than most females are. But when they opened him up, it turns out he was a girl. So it's sisters, not brother and sister. Sisters, indeed. Indeed. So he, so she is now Penelope Diane, so we can keep calling her PD. I mean, you can – she's a cat. You can call her Pietro. There's nothing – that's what she doesn't care, but, you know, this is more uh, internally consistent. Okay, that's very important. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.